Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew, and I forgot who's going first this week. And my name is Emily, and I don't know why I try with that intro other than to get some space. I don't know. I It, it never works. It's a strong start. But it works eventually, and that's what matters. Uh, and, you know, I after... And then re-upload it. Which is- so after last week's episode and uh, uh, about one riff a day, uh, I had the thought that it's been it's been a hot second since I've updated the uh, the intro, and I'm wondering if I should uh, make that a project. So not necessarily a new riff, but maybe improve on the riff. Maybe do something different in a different distortion tone. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Just Sorry, reflecting last week's episode. That's okay. all. I can hear my neighbor talking out there. Oh, what are they talking about? Oh, Random I don't... people dro- delivering packages at one in the morning? I don't know. I don't know. We have a neighbor who's like actually like, he's like a TV show neighbor. Like, oh, no. Well, you know, whatever. He'll like, we'll trade cocktails or, uh, if he makes a ham, we'll give us like half of it. And if I cook something and there's leftovers, we'll give him some. That's cute. It is really nice. Very Midwestern of you. <laughs> Very yeah. not Seattle of you. Seattle's, you know, he's not from Seattle either. I think he's from California. There we go. There it is. <laughs> yeah. I've talked to my neighbors like twice and only the ones on one side, the other ones just like ignore our existence entirely. We're friendly with all of our neighbors pretty much. Like we get drinks with, um, there's a couple that in our building that, um, they, they're renters and they're all, one of them's also an Emily and, uh, they're our age. They just got married. They're really fun. We like hanging out with them. I miss hanging out with them. She's a nurse. She's got her vac- like her vaccine already, I think, or she was supposed to. Fun, 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 fun. The list of people I know who've been vaccinated is growing. This will be really outdated by the time we release this, but apparently in Italy there was some COVID vaccine conspiracy spreading with a uh, electronic schematic. Did I say that right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did, you, did I say that right? Schem- schem- schematic? Schematic. Yeah. I don't know why I put it in it. Like what's um, on my shirt. Yeah, it's just like that. It reminded me. Um, and uh, it's just like literally a boss metal zone. Mm-hmm. But where it said frequency for the frequency knob, it, it someone put in the letter 5G, the number 5 in the letter G. Your frequency. frequency. And I'm looking, I'm like, but it still says volume. And my husband joked, it's the volume to turn up the voices in your head. I'm like, well, what about foot switch? He's like, well, they got to figure, they got to turn it on somehow. Sure. <laughs> joking. He was joking. I mean, volume sort of makes sense if you measure radio waves in um, like terms of decibels. But what about bass and treble? <laughs> that one, I don't have a whole lot of explanation for, except for um, they're all about that bass. No treble. <laughs> that's a callback to last week um i guess that also those words were in english and it's an italian conspiracy <laughs> but i feel like a lot of italians speak english but i don't know if treble and bass are in their vernaculars unless they're also musicians yeah i don't know um i'm trying to think i mean it's not like it's like saying like fortissimo or anything like more italian i suppose 
But I mean, like, bass and treble clefs right. are, like, just being a musician, like, having to learn those words in English. Probably not. But, uh, yes. I think that is I, – I think it's always – entertaining to watch people like it says so it says so on the i saw on the internet and everyone's like hey you fell for it uh, it's not funny to me man like oh and i'm not saying it actually is funny i'm just trying to allow it to be funny for uh, the sake of coping yeah that's that's a good point it's like death. like i don't think death is ultimately funny funny but sometimes i laugh about it because oh, what Oh God! Sorry, I don't wish I hadn't done that. Uh, <laughs> we're off to a strong start. We are off to a very strong start. Um, we've actually been recording these episodes back to back, which makes it even more insidious that I've made everyone wait a whole week to find out what I got. Yeah. So, what's new with you, dude? I, um, by the time this episode is dropped, will hopefully received my incoming package that I ordered. Um, I don't. I. The year of 2020 didn't really splurge a whole lot on gear. Um, there, there's two, two splurge gear purchases, um, that were like proper, like splurge, splurge, not just like a, I sold, um, the first one was the Jennings and no regrets there whatsoever. Um, that was definitely a, uh, it was paid for in 2019, but that was like, Hey, yeah, I got a new job. Um, pay raise, all that, um, kind of a treat yourself situation. Um, and I ended up receiving that in 2020. Uh, and then the literally last hour of 2020 I ordered for research and development purposes for Fox Cairo, uh, meaning I, I reinvested all of my profits from Fox Cairo that weren't donated. Um, the entire year of 2020, I, I was looking at the final hours and realizing I need to spend some money for tax reasons and um, realized I hadn't done anything to reward myself for the whole year of hard work um, that I've put into Fox Cairo. And so I decided probably against my better judgment, but I, did, I bought myself a Strymon Night Sky. And I'm excited. It's one of those like I feel guilty for having like treated myself even though like I've been working really, really hard. To, yeah. In the business. Um, yeah, I know that feeling. So, but no, I'm I'm really excited, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to it for it to arrive and to give me an excuse to just hide away for. I, I think part of me is wondering: Do I just want to? What I might do. Uh, this sounds really. Uh, this might sound strange. I kind of want to like put a little bit of dual lock on, on my literally on my desk here. Um. And just put the iridium and the night sky right next to each other and just dual lock it to the desk for a little mm-hmm. bit or put it – make a little mini board or something and just leave it on my desk all the time ready to flip um, flip on the power and plug in and just make that like my my uh, five-minute work. I'm on a break, um, <laughs> like a coffee break or something. Just play for a couple of minutes kind of rig. Nice. As that goes. I might, I might have to do that. I would mm-hmm. mean the iridium off of my uh, – big rig but you know be fun yeah it will be fun congratulations i know i feel like there's been a mixed response to the night sky that has surprised me yeah i mean there's i think there's definitely been a mixed response and 
I don't know if it was intentional or not by Strymon, but the the worship guitar folks um, kind of were like, well, this isn't what I want. And even though I'm sitting here going like, this is perfect for this genre. Are you guys kidding me? Uh, um, But they're like, oh, this isn't the form factor that I want, or I'm disappointed and yada, yada. And meanwhile, like the modular synth guys are the the folks who are like kind of in between for modular synth. They're like, this is a really great hybrid feature set. This is awesome. Um, A lot of (laughs) shoegaze experimental, like everyone else is looking at this going, no, there's tons of possibility here. And I'm staring at this going, this is the form factor I want. No LED screens, really. I just want buttons and knobs and the ability to just tweak everything on the fly and have full control without menu diving. I just, I love that. And that's part of the reason why I've been so hesitant to go for a big sky all these years. When you dive in, dude, like I have that Boss GT 1000 core mm-hmm. and uh, that is some serious menu diving. Like it's so like menu diving. It's fun. Like if I feel like that's those things are always going to be really great if you were on tour and you just need to be able to bank through your set. Like that. that's the thing. And that's why I think about all of those is it, I feel like it makes it harder to experiment almost like Menu diving, I feel like it's great if you're trying to match a sound. Sure. Uh, but it's a lot. I think you get options paralysis if you're, if you're like, oh, well, maybe I could just like build new unique patches. Like that's that's where I struggle. That's where I yeah, struggle. It's be a band practice trying to like write a new EP together. Like, <clears throat> wait a second, guys. Let me try something real quick. Give me five minutes. Yeah. Well, I meant it's like, oh, let me let me change the depth of this or like the somersault. Like, um. Uh, like the weird things I've done with that pedal during band practice. I'm like, if I had to actually like dive into a menu and like adjust the rate or the waveform or blah, 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 blah. Like it would really not be fun. Sure. There's definitely that, that on the fly magic. Um, yeah. But, and so I, a lot of worship folks, not all of them, but I think some of them are starting to come around. Now that they've seen their worship influencers, or whatever, like show, give them the inspiration they need to understand how to use it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> not like in a rude way, just like in a, sometimes worship players just don't have imagination kind of way. They see <laughs> they're trying to, they're trying to match something else, exactly. you know, um, which, which is fine. And that, and to that end, I think menu diving is great for worship sounds like, like get a helix. Sorry. If you're trying to match that exact sound, there's already there's already patches that you can download for like five bucks that just gives you like here's the bank for the song go. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you do that if you're playing week to week in a worship band instead of? I mean, I get it. I, I obviously I haven't done that in the past when I was playing with worship. Oh. But anyways, mini rant, trying to not derail the whole conversation, but I think the night sky is definitely starting to come around with those folks and the sour response is definitely taming out as everyone's realizing it just, it's cool. It's got some cool sounds. There's some really cool things you can do with it. I think yeah. I'm going to go nuts once I start digging into the, um, the um, arpeggiation um, stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, or sequencer, mm-hmm. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm very excited. Cool. I'm glad. So uh, that's more or less all I've got, except for a leaky roof. But no one wants to hear about the uh, the bucket of water I have in my living room right now. <laughs> oh yeah, there was flood warnings as like we've been recording this podcast. Oh yeah, or there were yesterday. 
you know, we had this issue last year and we told the landlord like, Hey, like it's leaking. This is getting all the wooden beams in the roof, like soaked and waterlogged. And you guys own this home. That's yeah. I feel like I, if I own this place, I'd want to take care of it. And they're like, no, we're good. If you guys could just put some buckets out, we'd appreciate it. And I'm like staring at the ceiling is like, it's literally like not bulging, bulging, but it's definitely like all swollen up. I'm like, well, I don't own this place and I'm not buying it now. So not that I was going to before, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, roofs are expensive, but they're important. Right. So, but what's new with you? Um, well, I put in an order at Fender.com. So, um, by the time this airs, I will have Billie Eilish signature ukulele and, uh, and a a couple other things. I am getting a baritone conversion neck that I'm going to put on the offset Telecaster. And I'm really excited about that. Um, having a new baritone in my life will be really fun. Um, and I got a case for a pedal board from Fender, some strap locks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also put an order at Spruce Effects to get the new, they were doing this dual pedal thing with Pine Box Customs for two dirt pedals. So it's the yeah. Gale and then one of the Pine Box Custom pedals. So I, I uh, ordered that. So I actually bought some, I bought, I, I spent, spent some money. That is some good money spent, but that sounds like some cool things. I, I forgot baritone conversion necks were a thing. Yeah. I, I was actually, um, you're saying you're putting an order with Fender and I was like, maybe I should put an order in with Fender too. And I was looking around and the one thing that I just kept coming back to is the, uh, paranormal series, uh, baritone. Oh, but they don't, they, they didn't make enough of those. Right. Yeah. Um, Ryan Burke has one. I, I had one. I don't know if he still has it. I assume he kept it. I mean, the next best thing would be a baritone conversion. I've got a telly sitting right behind me. Um, that could be fun to do a baritone conversion on. I already put that order in. It warped. And so the tech I took it to, they had to put a shim on it. And you can see the, uh, the low E doesn't even have a spring on the uh, saddle. Jesus. Um, because that's how far back they needed to, uh, roll it back to get it to intonate the 12th fret. That's not actually a fender, is it? It's a fender. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so the th- maybe, maybe something I could consider doing is ditching the neck at some, I, I hate that it got screwed up. I, I left the guitar with a buddy for a summer and I had it tuned to drop C and had 13 yeah. on it. <clears throat> um, so it was like pretty well balanced out and he's like, Oh, I don't, know what tuning this is this is weird i can't play this let me just tune it up to standard and left it in standard with 13s on it without adjusting all summer so the next one warped ever since a little bit just enough to throw the intonation but this is my first electric guitar and um i just one of those like neck like i know the neck and it just feels right every time i pick it up but i've been having the thought for years that like i don't know it doesn't intonate quite right and we've the tech tried what they could and uh, maybe at some point I just need to give up on just being like my quote unquote first guitar in the neck and just maybe replacing the neck. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have my first guitar. I still have it and I play it a lot. That's why it's the closest one to me is that tends to be the one I just pick up in between uh, phone calls for work. I usually pick up whichever one is right behind me. So right now the Herstrat. It's usually the Hearst Strat or 
the American Pro 2 Jazzmaster. So, tasty, tasty guitars. I'm, I like, even after the honeymoon period, I really love this, this Herstrat. It's, but I will say my mom, because my mom was like, she wanted to get one or the other and she wasn't sure. And I, she's like, well, which is the better guitar? I'm like, the Jazzmaster, the American Professional 2 Series Jazzmaster. Like, the finishes on that, like those, that really nice rolled uh, edges. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm like this is this this is a great this is a very 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 good guitar. This is an excellent guitar. Right, there's yeah. definitely a difference. I like I hate I hate choosing, but no, I mean that's, that's totally people, fair. That's what people want to see. Um, yeah, so I think they're both great. They're different. They're such different. Like this is like six hundred bucks more expensive. The uh, the the Jazzmaster. That sounds about right. Yeah, so I'm like, you're getting $600 more, more. love and craftsmanship. Right. And also the Herstrat's made in Mexico. Herstrat's made in Mexico. I think it's intentionally set to be a more affordable entry point. Um, I know people will get mad at saying that 1000 1100 bucks is affordable. But, I mean, for, um, for a Fender guitar, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, if you think that's not affordable, then uh, never look at Gibson's prices. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I really well, hope I get one of those crest, Epiphone Crestwoods to demo, though. I, uh, yeah, no, I've just been, I remember, I don't want to be rude, but the reality is, is Gibson cranked their prices up over the last couple of decades like, really high. And it's just so like they've been bringing them back down under the new CEO the last couple of years, but I'm still like, that's, you can't. Sorry, but like the $3,000 one wasn't com- – at least last time I went to a guitar center, which is well over a year ago now thanks to COVID, um, and like played a American professional um, Fender next to uh, like the traditional – the Les Paul traditional. I'm just like the quality just doesn't justify the difference. Sorry. I mean I don't know how well they hold up on the road, but I have heard – I mean other than the neck thing, the headstock well, thing. Sure. Like, I don't know. I've heard people say that, like, the Fender short scales don't always hold up as well on the road. But I don't know how recent, like, this was someone I talked to who did this and went on a big, has has toured with them. (laughs) But, like, I don't know how, um, I don't really know what he was doing with that guitar because, but I don't know. I should talk Um, to him about that. I'm being picky. Uh you know, I mean, but the- it's like three thousand bucks. Like, it's an investment. Like, it's a huge investment. And if you if you get a guitar like that, like, you want to not have to worry about the headstock breaking off if you accidentally turn into like an amp or something. Right. Um, my point in bringing that up is just eleven hundred dollars for an entry point for like, yeah, that's kind of where we're at at this point. Uh, the Squire I think, stuff. Yeah, I think this would be like your first nice guitar. That's right. what the price exactly. point is. Your first nice guitar. Um. Like the Squires have been phenomenal the last couple of years. Uh, just absolutely knocking out of the park. It's still a student instrument. There's no getting around that. Let's call it intermediate. Intermediate? Mm-hmm. I would call it intermediate. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. And I think calling it, mm-hmm. uh, calling like the Herstrat AI, like your first nice guitar, I think is totally fair. Yeah. No. Um, my mom actually, she just got, uh, 
she bought uh her first new acoustic guitar she's been playing the oh. same epiphone acoustics since 1970 when she got it for like her birthday or christmas that year whoa yeah she got a seagull nice yeah Good choice. She, she sent me the link and she's like do you know anything like because i had a seag i have a seagull and i think it's a great like for I have a seagull yeah, I paid like 400 bucks for my Seagull and I thought it played better than the Martins and Taylors that were twice that in the shop mm-hmm. where I bought it. I never heard of the brand before, played it, was like, this is a great instrument. And you know what? The pickup in it sounded really good too. Like, that's a secondary yeah. thing. She, she just got full acoustic, non acoustic electric. But um, I was looking at the reviews and just kind of like translating a few of the things. I'm like, well, it says the neck is a little bigger, which could actually be more comfortable because my mom and I, we, for, for women, we, we have long, slender fingers sure. and um, not like huge hands, but I'm definitely, you know, not, not small either. Um, but uh, I was like, mom, I have not ever heard anyone say a bad thing about a seagull guitar. Mm-hmm. I really haven't. Yeah. It, they're so excellent for the price point. It's ridiculous. Um, and it's not a laminate top. I don't, I don't yep. think, I don't think any of the one that she bought is laminate, like for the price. I'm like, you're getting a, Solid. It wasn't spruce. It was something else. Cedar is what they tend to go for. Yep. Solid cedar top. I'm like, that's going to sound a lot better than like the laminate stuff. So Those only sound better with age as long as they're kept in a properly humidified environment. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Um, yeah. No, I, I've i got my seagull behind me, the seagull dread. Um, so good. I got a mini jumbo and I really like that thing. It's obviously it's not going to compete with like a higher end Martin. Like I'd still love to upgrade to a HD 28 V. That's kind of my desert Island. What, what I want to get at some point. Oh, man, Acoustic. I need to talk to my friend at Martin. Yeah. I mean, um, Martin, like a, a nice Martin triple lot. Mm, that's what I want in my life. Sure. I just like the big box, like the big boomy dreadnought sound, but for the seagull for 500 bucks. And it gets me most of the way there for just chilling on the couch and the occasional outing where I'm playing out. Yeah. Totally adequate. I I don't feel like I've settled. I feel like it's just like I, I'm very content. Yeah. And you could take it like on a trip or you could take it camping. And like if it gets a little dinged up, you're like, that's fine. Yeah, and I also just... it's robust. Like, yeah. Like, like I, I had a roommate who put a gash in my seagull i'm like that's a bummer but like so that's why i got it. that's why i bought it was to take it to college take an acoustic guitar to college and not worry about it getting uh dinged up so every time i every time that guitar gets dinged up i'm like that's why i bought it yep <laughs> and also because it sounds nice and feels nice and uh my mom and like this this old epiphone that my mom had like it got us both through a lot of years but it's hard to play, you know. I think she ended up putting different strings on it, and like, uh, I I got her some um, lighter acoustic strings for the Epiphone, and uh, she. So okay, I'm just really okay. If you're listening, I'm really distracted by Andrew, who has walked away to pick up his seagull. Oh yeah, that's. It's a nice guitar. There we go. Um, this is my uh, hu- humidifier, uh, not humidifier, uh, humidity detection. Uh, yeah, I keep I keep my uh, Gibson Hummingbird in a case with a humidifier pack from Didario. 
It's hard to say the Dario without stuttering for some reason. I mean, because it is a stutter. The Dario. But like, I think it it just trips it trips me up. I don't know if they would call that stutter or a stammer. Wow, that was not intentional. I've never stuttered the word stutter before. <laughs> I can see me in the reflection of the pit guard. And I, there I am. There it is. Hi. <laughs> that was funny. If you're listening, I highly recommend the video version of this podcast. If, if you're like Tom Kelly, you listen to everything at 2x anyway. So, oh, did you get? Wow, I'm still talking about what's new. Uh, did you get, um, you got something from, from Tom from Filson, right? Cause I got that laptop bag and it is, it is phenomenal. Like Filson, dude, that's the stuff. I need, I'm really happy with it. There we go. I'm like trying to reach and like not lose my headphones here. Nice. Uh, yeah, no, I got the, Mm. I had a, a Swiss gear bag that was falling apart. Um, and it was uh, well those Swiss gear bags last a long time, but Filson's like forever. Yeah, no, I had that Swiss gear bag for like three years. Um, but especially oh. with my last job, it was constantly filled to like 110% capacity and getting chucked into the back of vans and loading and gear carts and all that just for load in, load out. Um, so it had, like the zipper was busted and all that. And so, yeah, no, no, this, I, I've taken my Filson to work several times now. Nice. I feel like a baller walking in, be like, yeah, that's right, it's a Filson. Um, yeah. Then, those, then your bosses are going to be like, we must pay you too much money. Right. I thought you had a kid to feed. <laughs> well, uh, thankfully, we have friends in good places. But uh, the, the back the backpack I typically use is um, from Metaverse Electronics, and I just use it because it says "Make Noise, Not War." But I wore uh, that I shirt a- yesterday. Oh, oh and you I can see the uh, the behind bag the acu- behind you. I don't know if behind the acoustic. That'll end up in the in the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not gonna pull out the bag because it's behind the guitar rack, but it, like the the small squatch uh, pedal board fits perfectly mm-hmm. in it. That's as will um, yeah. As will the notes, like whatever notes I have for that gig. Nice. So, yeah, it's uh, it's helpful. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think this is part of the show where we talk. You know. Thank yeah. our sponsor. We thank our sponsor, and we also uh, oh, can we can we say um, if you like this show and you want to support it, uh-huh. um, there are a couple ways to support it. Yes, uh, patreon.com slash get offset at the five dollar a month level, you get access to our super secret uh, Discord chat channel, which is just really I, I'm so happy that we're on Discord now with it. Oh, um, it's excellent. It's it's excellent for. Oh. For memes, for talking about video games, for talking the about inside cars. scoop. Tell you what, if you were upset that you didn't know what my new new gear day was and you had to wait a whole week, uh, here's the thing: is I already told the 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 patron group, yeah. like the, in like five minutes after I ordered it because I was excited. And that's just that we share those things with each other. It's like a small yeah. little family in there. It's fun. It you is should, really, you should join. Really nice, like. There's nothing weird about it if you're worried about, like, why do I want to talk to these strangers? Like, it's just a lot of really nice people. And when there are disagreements, it's very civil. Um, Sometimes people, like, have special perks and will do things like um, help you get their discount for Filson bags. Right. (laughs) Things like that. 
And it's just, it's really nice. It's a network. It's a really nice little network. Um, you can also go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash get offset. Um, save 7% on your first year of DistroKid and we get a kickback from that. And assuming I've set it up by now, you can use our Reverb.com affiliate links or Sweetwater affiliate links to buy things you were already going to buy. So, uh, or you can get merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. Are there other ways? Oh, you can leave a review and a comment on the iTunes. And uh, on like, the comment, iTunes. subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. Um, uh, also, so, you can yeah, literally are- buy the shirt I'm wearing. Hashtag influencer. Hashtag please get a sweaty. Um, I think you can buy that hat, but not on the Get Offset website. Yeah, that one's that one's separate. On, on Etsy. Yep. It's fun. It's a very cozy hat and the the palm. Yeah. The pom pom just re- really sells it. The warmth is in the palm. It is. It makes a difference. You know, all that heat usually goes right out the top of the out of the top of the beanie. But the palm, like it's like a it's like a wine cork. <clears throat> For heat. Nice. <laughs> this is why you should never let me teach a physics class. Um, you want to thank uh, our sponsor? Uh, yeah, Partscaster Concierge. So what Partscaster Concierge does is they have a few styles of um. Uh, Sorry, I I, I didn't. Bodies. I, I have no friggin' eyes. idea what you were doing, but that was really awkward. <laughs> it was super awkward. So, okay. So what you missed – so context here. I'm just going to completely derail this ad spot here for a moment. I said concierge last episode, and then I just said concierge, and Melissa was giving me a hard time because she was, she heard me say concierge. She's like, is that how you say it? Are you sure? I'm like, I think so. I don't know. I didn't even hear fancy. you not say the G. Um. And so she was giving me a hard time for it um, in be- in between episodes. And then I just said concierge and I just like hit the full like, wait a minute. Did I say it right? It just like full deer and headlights. Um, I anyways. didn't say concierge. <laughs> now that we've said parts caster concierge uh, 17 times, things that you should know and the reasons why you should immediately go to the parts caster concierge website is uh, you can build an incredible parts caster uh which is something i'm seriously considering doing now he offers Uh, several body types and you can customize the routing and you're involved in every step of the process it's not like you can't like send him a picture and be like make this right but there's limits there's I mean, Very I have an reasonable. RD style build with humbuckers. Uh, you can do jazz masters, tele- like you can do, it's a lot, it's a lot of options. And then you just kind of talk to him about the things that you want and he'll make it happen. He'll even finish the build for you. So, yeah. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm now, I'm currently in a parts caster design dreaming <laughs> mode. That part of my brain has definitely started to kick in. Like, okay, so if I'm going to do parts caster build. What do I want? What what would you want? I'm curious. Like, uh, what kind of what style? The honest answer is I I had that that pink Chinese Strat last year or the year before I that I sold, yeah. and it was fun to have a Strat. Um, I don't regret selling it necessarily because I wasn't specifically attached to that one. Yeah. Um, but 
I, I miss having a strat sound. I like positions two and four. I like the, the quackiness of it. Um, and I got used to having a strat and just not having one doesn't, it feels a little different. So I, I think the thought process is, uh, a strat might be the way to go and maybe do something a little non-traditional with it or a little slightly non-traditional. I know there's a couple of like wiring things that are kind of fun that I've seen people do before. Um, oh yeah. And he's not a sponsor, but I would talk to, to gun street wiring. Definitely Sean want to talk street. to gun street wiring. I haven't talked to Sean. So long. It's been like two months. It's so weird. I need to I've talk to him because the wiring in my squire base is trash. Um, talk to Sean. Yep. Um, it, Again, just like the pots are kind of shot. Just, and He's just a friend. The, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, there's definitely people to talk to and I'm um, thinking already like Curtis uh, from um, Lambertones for pickups and thinking through shot. all that. Triple shot and debating if I would want to do a grinder in the, uh, in the bridge. But so the thing is, so if you're going to do like a HSS style, the one downside to HSS is on position four where you've got the bridge in the middle pickup doesn't get that same quack unless there's a way you do a coil split. Right. And, and Sean could do that. Actually, right. Curtis could do that. He sells loaded pick guards now, doesn't he? Yeah, he does sell loaded pick guards. Um, but <gasps> so one of the things that I learned from Curtis, he had showed me um, was a neat trick as a way to wire it where it automatically splits the humbucker when you go to position four. So you don't have to like mm, pull a switch okay. or anything. Just, so if you want that quacky, like immediately, like it'll automatically. So you're only getting the humbucker in uh, in um, the bridge position. That makes sense. And I just thought that that's a really sly way to do it. So you don't have like extra that buttons. Is, that's really smart. Yeah. Because um, I don't think anybody wants to blend the humbucker with the metal pickup. No, I mean – it's that it, it is a sound. It's just not necessarily the sound that everyone's after. Um, yeah. And if it is the sound you're after, then cool. I know HSS has been around for a while and people have got some great sounds out of it. But I just, I really like the double single coil. It's, a, it's, a, it's a been around for a while. Yeah. You know, it's like what, like 1960 something. Uh, just a while. Just oh. a, a hot second. Um, this episode is unofficially sponsored by. Lawless Brewery in Los Angeles, California. That's my friend's brewery. Nice. Yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Big ups to my buddy TK at Lawless. If you're in LA or Anaheim, I think it's like an Anaheim or something like that. Very cool. No, no, no. North LA. What's North LA? Is that Anaheim? No. Orange County is down the coast from LA. I don't know. It's by the law. I don't know, dude. Now I have to know. Burbank? Am I thinking about Burbank? Burbank is north of there, yeah. Yep, I'm thinking about Burbank. That's all I got got to say about that. Uh, From Los... It just says Los Angeles on the website. Um, Yeah, well... What are we talking about? (laughs) uh, We just finished up our uh, ad spots where we... um, (laughs) For the the ad spot for parts caster concierge and Je. concierge 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 I don't know. Does you tell me how you, uh, in the comments how you think that should be pronounced? Um, but it it kick started a a spree of what are the things that I could do with that and who are the people I want involved and all the fun things that could go into a parts caster of wanting to get all of your friends involved in it. 
yeah. yeah. Very exciting. My my brain's now firing on all cylinders. Is it not? Mm, Shake Shack. Sorry, it's got an email from Shake Shack. All right. I've gotten in way too many burger related arguments online lately. It's embarrassing. Well, you had you finally had Shake Shack, didn't you? I did. And it was a What'd good burger. Yes, yeah, I told you it was good. Yeah, I mean the I think the the bun was boring. Um and the the toppings were just pretty standard, but the the meat itself is actually had like a like a really quality beefy flavor to it, and I think that's what sold me on it. I think I their sold- fries are very good too, the crinkle cut. Didn't have the fries, but it was also AI. Was ordered and then delivered via my kind mother who got it for me um, at home. So it's not like I I didn't bother ordering fries because there's no way they're going to still be fresh and do it justice by the time they arrived. I think so. they're still pretty good. I like they have the hot chicken style fries, so just like spicy fries. Mm. I like spice, and they're and they are they're spicy. They're they're especially spicy for Seattle, which is famous for not having spice in your food unless it's Thai or Indian or Ethiopian. Right. Seattleites are very seem very opposed to spicy food unless it's like I don't want to say ethnic food, unless it's basically Thai, Indian, or Ethiopian. Oh, like those because it's like those because even like the Mexican restaurants you go to, sometimes they like cater to the people in Seattle who don't like spicy food. Right. Oh, where is it? Here we go. I made a meme the other day exactly on this topic. I don't know if you're able to read that. Uh, It's uh, the butterfly thing. It's white people. Yep. It's the person flavor is the butterfly. And then it says, is this ethnic food? I had had way too many. I had conversations with someone um, who was just being picky. Uh, and that was, that was, I was like, you know what? That, I'm going to make this meme just to point out that just because something has flavor does not mean it has to be like foreign and something you're concerned about. Oh my God, dude. Like, I asked Rick to like prep some spaghetti squash last weekend. Uh, he didn't put salt or pepper on it before he put it in the oven. And I was like, oh my God. It's too much didn't flavor. even salt or pepper, like the the bare minimum. He did put olive oil on it, so it didn't cook correctly. But oh my god! Um, I was like, "Wow, all right." Well, no. I guess I'm just going to try extra hard to make this flavorful. No, 2021. Uh, it's uh, time to make things spicy. Keep nice. it spicy. Also, like I will say, I love spicy food, but adding spice, like heat, also mm-hmm. is not flavor. It has to also taste good, which is why I love Prince's Hot Chicken. Shack. I had a, I had a, a late night craving last night. You did, um, and by late night, I mean like I started like craving it around seven after I'd already like eaten dinner, kind of thing. Um, for uh, fettuccine Alfredo, we had that for dinner last night. Well, I went to the store <laughs> after after the kiddo was uh, put to sleep and got pot, uh, got fettuccine noodles and a jar of roasted garlic alfredo sauce nice. and we had the last of uh, some leftover holiday turkey in the fridge that i just chopped up and threw in and um, something that i typically do with jarred alfredo sauce is i add some form of heat whether it be sriracha or you need to i i i had to add chili chili flakes to what we made because yeah, it has to- that's what i did pizza Ooh. pepper flakes 
a pizza pepper flake. I need to get um, more red pepper flakes. Yeah, I just I, I, I go through it like freaking candy, dude. Yeah, that and jarred jalapenos, I'll eat like candy. I go in phases of the jarred jalapenos, but the pepper flakes, I always get the Costco size one. Um, but yeah, and you just throw a couple of tablespoons in into the sauce as Costco's it's warming where up. We got our fettuccine alfredo. Oh, you got the take and bake. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That one's really, really good. Um, yeah. No, the, the jarred really stuff affordable. is just like usually just kind of okay. Uh, yeah, the, I feel like sometimes it has a weird consistency, but sometimes sure. I mean, it's it's jarred it's, like, it's jarred pasta sauce. I mean, it's not like the bar is really high. Like if I'm at a restaurant, it's a, that's a very like you can taste the parmesan and sauce. It's a very different bar of like this is fettuccine <clears throat> alfredo. Do you know why um, it's called fettuccine alfredo? Because fettuccine is the noodle and Alfredo is the sauce. Alfredo was the chef and he made it for his wife who got, quote, very sad after she had a baby, a.k.a. postpartum depression. He made it to try to cure her postpartum depression. That, I find, I mean, to be fair, pasta cures a lot of depression. It's a cute story. Should we talk about the topic, though? Because Probably. Yes, this was your <laughs> topic. So. All right. so topic idea. So I had a conversation with a friend earlier this week. Um. All right, so my friend Dan and we always play we play Age of Empires every Wednesday night together. It's just kind of like a it's our weekly bro date hangout. Um so if you message me on a Wednesday night, I'm not gonna answer. Uh something we do and which by the way, social interaction so important this year. Uh so we, we were we got to chatting and we ended up not hardly playing Age of Empires at all this week. And we got to talking about uh, business and day jobs and hobbies and just kind of where it all intersected and just had one of those conversations where it's like we want to solve all the world's problems over a couple of drinks, which I've I've been missing that. I think I mentioned like the end of year episode, uh, the New Year's episode we did a few weeks ago. Um, I, I talked about how like I kind of just miss being able to like sit down and have drinks with friends. So we yes. were able to do that virtually. It wasn't like a weird like forced happy hour thing. Um, <laughs> we've all been through that this year. If you haven't been through that, Rick does that blessed. every Thursday. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I, I can't do it. Um, if it feels forced, it's just, it's weird. But so we, we got to talking and I was like, Hey, so like in your industry, like what is the, what is the boutique presence like? Uh, and he's like, well, we don't really there's a couple of like smaller brands that are kind of like the like boutique in the sense that they're like the high end, like only a few people can get their hands on it because only make so many a year kind of situation. But there's not like truly like boutique, like people make it in their garage, small business type stuff. I'm like, and I'm just sitting here thinking like, that sounds so strange. Like, why would there not be? Um, it's it, it's a it's a similar industry in the sense that like there's a lot of consumers that all want their individuality. Um, and there's a whole lot of competing technology. And I was like, well, why wouldn't there be? And he's like, well, Andrew, it costs like hundreds of thousands of dollars to get the equipment to machine these parts. So like, of yeah. course, someone's not just going to do that in nights and weekends. That's a crazy amount of money just to get started. And it yeah. occurred to me and it occurred to me in that moment. And I don't know why it hadn't like really fully light bulb hit for me sooner, but it really hit for me that the guitar the the level of accessibility in the guitar industry is super neat it's such a gift and it's a very low barrier to entry i think is what yeah. you learn in economics or um some other entrepreneurial soldering class. iron some parts uh mm -hmm. i mean to be able to release a lineup of pedals comparatively even 
even to learn the thing, like learn how to do it, it's free. You can right. just look up schematics, schematics, schematics. It's because there's the word semantics. Right. And then there's the word schematics. Schematics. One is over here, one is over here, and they just keep getting crisscrossed. I think. In my stupid brain. That should be. I think that should be the the new word that you've just created. Should be the word for the the circular discussions around clones. Circular clones. Schematics. Schematics. It's like schematics, semantics. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. I just invented a thing. Thank you. You just invented a thing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's oh, actually. Oh, we should, we need to start doing that. Damn it, that was good. That was really good. Shoot. Trademark this is that. Like how the that's like how the Gear Slum created Clone Clone. They by just calling them clones with a K. I think that they yeah. created that. Um, schematics. Trademark it before the episode comes out. Damn it! You're the one with the IP lawyer. Uh, I do have a patent attorney. That is correct. Um, and maybe the next month or two, there will be more information about that. Uh, you should just make a shirt that says schematics <laughs> and then like the definition of schematics and start Wait. selling that. Like yes. a dictionary entry. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to build that graphic out after this episode. We're just going to yes. put it up for sale. Um, we're we're going to launch it. We're going to do, should we do it? We should do a contest and give one away. Okay, I'm I'm game. Let's On the do Instagram. it. Yeah, we're doing this that. is not happening. Uh, this wasn't planned at the start of this episode, but no. this ep- by the time this episode is airing, we are launching that T-shirt. It's and this is thing. why collaboration is so important for the success of any business, right? Because I made a mistake, and Andrew was like, "Profit." <laughs> <laughs> step one: screw up. Step two: profit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the American dream, right there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> To, to quote the great Hondo from Star Wars, Star Wars character, uh, every situation has the potential to be profitable. Yep. Um, yeah. Star Wars fans, true Star Wars fans will understand. Uh, I don't. So. You're not a true Star Wars fan. I'm sorry. I know. I'm going to be a I gatekeeper know. here. Anyways. I didn't say I was. So moving on from schematics, which is that's an excellent word. Dear goodness. I did it. You've done it. Moving on, the the whole barrier to entry of it being so accessible, whether you're building a guitar, whether you're building pedals uh, or building amps. Amps and guitars, I think, are a little bit – I think a little bit more or less easy to get into. So like with building guitars – I think they are – like at the same time, if you get a CNC machine – was it CNC? CNC. Yeah, CNC machine. You can make – guitar bodies really sure but that's not like that's not nearly as cheap as like a soldering iron that's that's not it's not but something that a lot of people just have sure some people just have that which is wild to want to have a workshop like that someday we're like oh yeah i just happen to have a cnc machine let's let's do something um i I had a some um don't digress keep get back to it anyways um no digressions about family friends who had really cool workshops when i was a kid that i miss uh you're welcome, listeners. Barrier to entry. And it, it occurred to me, so my conversation with Dan when we were supposed to be playing Age of Empires, uh, <laughs> that it's it's truly like oh, – I'm going to sound so Christian here. It's it's a total blessing to have that low barrier to entry for the industry and the ability for everyone to kind of evolve. And I think with that, that's allowed so much diversity of and creativity to really blossom in this industry. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's really, really neat. Um, and I think that's something I, I don't know if taking for granted is the right word, but I think it's, I think it was neat for me to identify that as 
part of what drives uh, the the plethora of businesses that we've got um, in this little boutique world of this industry. Mm-hmm. I think that's really neat. Yeah, because you can start your whole business just by modifying a blues driver. Yeah, like Robert Keeley did. Yep. You can start your whole business just doing like taking out some diodes and putting new ones back in. And um, you can buy kits and kind of figure out what you're doing. And like you can learn to solder in an afternoon. Sure. I think I learned to solder a few years ago, like while I was watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Like it's it's really not hard. And uh, I think everyone should. Figure I learned how to solder in seventh grade during my robotics I think Rick class. In school. I think Rick learned in school, but I was a girl, so they didn't teach you that kind of stuff. Right, right. We, we'll just send you over to the drama department. So my mother's grandfather did teach her how to weld. That's sick. I also learned how to weld in high school. I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> well, soldering is basically small welding. Right. It really is. No, yeah, learning to weld seemed like a natural step up. I was actually – I wasn't even taking the middle shot course. I was taking the drafting class uh, <laughs> my freshman year, and I just like – I finished up like my project. There's like – teacher's like, here you go. You got two weeks to do this project. I'm like, I'm already done. What do you want me to do next? And he's like – and the, after the first couple of uh, – like the first month of that happening like over and over, he's like, you know what? This – during this hour, the metal shop is the, uh, the – like the senior project hour. So there's a couple of seniors – uh, high school seniors in the next room currently working on their projects. Just go over there and see what you can learn. And I remember like the first day I went over, the, the guy was chewing tobacco, spitting into it in a Coke can, and he handed me an acetylene torch and just like, here you go. This will be fun. <laughs> I had no idea what I was holding. So you'd have you put on the helmet, cat, um, uh, sparked it, and said, cut this thing in half. I did. It was exciting. Um, and I was really confused what why there was lava on the ground. Um, My great-grandfather had um- – a shop in their backyard where he would weld. And he had fun. my grand, my mother who was a kid and he was like this. He also taught her how to say the alphabet backwards. Cause she was very excited. And she went up and said, granddad, I learned the alphabet. He's like, all right, let's hear it. She goes through and she's like, well, you know, anybody can say the alphabet forward. Now we're going to learn it backwards. Nice. <laughs> he had no idea what to do with these kids. And it was like, he just ended up doing great things with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, all that to say, like, it's it's very doable to get into this, and I'm not saying it's not it's easy to like engineer new pedals that are excellent. I'm not saying that necessarily, but um, it's definitely more accessible to breadboard a new sure uh, a new circuit than it is to like weld a new bicycle frame. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't really exp- like it's, and I even think about like Curtis from Lambertones and like making it like incremental changes to the pickups he was winding until he found like that seems harder because you have to actually go through and do the whole thing. You have to uh, wind the pickup, you have to set the computer and then you have to wax it. And there's like just so much more waiting. Meanwhile, you can build a breadboard and like experiment with it relatively on, on the fly. And I think that's such a big thing is being able to do things being able to do things on the fly, being able to experiment um, without a huge initial monetary investment. Um, it's really, it's really unique for, for any kind of industry. <laughs> um, it, I've, I've, I really struggle to think of a lot of other ones where um, 
to completely create something new, like even if you're trying to learn how to sew and you make something from a, a kit, a pattern that you have, if you want to experiment with that, you got to take the original apart and put it back together. And that takes time. Meanwhile, if you're like breadboarding something, you just like take one resistor out, put a new resistor in. And uh, yeah, there just, there aren't a lot of other industries where you can even experiment with such, you know, ease without then destroying something. I know Andrew's smiling because he knows how funny it was that I just had to keep talking while he stepped away from the computer. I am so sorry. I just looked over and my, my kiddo was hanging off the counter about to fall. Well, yeah, that's climbed important. up onto the counter, but couldn't reach the stool anymore. And it was like, they're like, oh no, I'm stuck. I can't reach. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go grab, grab the kiddo before they fall. Yeah, um, probably for the best. So yeah, yes. that was, uh, that was one of those, like my heart just saying, like, oh no, not today. I was saying, I can't think of a lot of other, like, hobbies that can turn into professions where it's just so easy, so easy to experiment. Yeah, but I mean, also just, like to to get your brand to stand out is impossible because there's a low barrier to entry. There's a lot of competition. Sure, um, I mean, there's definitely uh, brand saturation, and I think that's yeah. to that notion the uh, the marketing aspect of getting into this industry. I think is that's where you get some real challenges. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, a realm that I've tried to uh, really figure out and try to dig my heels into. It's because, like, brand. how many people have clones of rats, of clones, of this, of that? Tube screamers, there's a billion of them, and they all sound relatively the same. And ultimately, what you're choosing is which brand speaks to you the most. Sure. Um, is one of the probably bigger bigger factors in deciding which rat clone are you going to get. Are you going to get the big ear wood, woodcutter because Grant and Karen are fantastic? Probably. Yeah. Were you going to get a 1981 DRV because you want a different flavor of a rat? And uh, Matt Hoops is also excellent. And friends with uh, Grant and Karen. Yeah. See, they're all friends. They're all friendly. They're all trading trade secrets. They're all collaborating on things. and Sharing bubble mailers. Sharing bubble mailers. Yes, this is true. Yep. Um. So I don't know if I have like a, like a mind-blowing like this is what this means. I just – it really just threw me – yeah, it, it completely threw me for a loop when I was having that conversation, realizing that like that's not the way it is in other industries. Um, yeah, I don't like. I probably should have realized that sooner, but I don't know. It was, I mean, it all comes from music, and music is very collaborative by its nature. Yes, there are people like Prince who could go in and do anything that they wanted, but even Prince collaborated and co-wrote with people. You know, so most 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 music doesn't happen in a vacuum. Right. In general. And most music that does is terrible. Oh, uh, don't say that it, about. I mean, are you really going to say that when you think about like Prince and the Foo Fighters? I'm just saying like those are some very talented people. Yes. The EP I've been working on for five years that I've been working on all by myself is terrible. There's the difference. I've... Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm over here making incendiary statements carelessly, just throwing them About out. About like yourself? Yeah. Grenades. Uh, Go for it. I just, I'm really, I am 
genuinely thankful for that, for that being what it is for this industry and uh, for the diversity that has. Um, I I do think the the impact for diversity and kind of leveling the playing field a little bit for uh, with the barrier to entry, not making it necessarily, you have to have a ton of cash to get in. Yeah. Um, Because then it's very much becomes a game of privilege to be able to own a business. Um, Yeah, it really does. And that's why so many people who are, millionaires and billionaires already started out rich small loan of million dollars because it's got a small loan of a couple couple mil or you know right just to get started places of privilege and what what not lots of bootstraps people a lot of people though also who started with money or influence did you know that the band lmfao was an uncle nephew duo i did not know that and that re- they're related to Barry Gordy of Motown fame. Like they're direct descendants of Barry Gordy. Yeah. I so just... there's things like that everywhere. Like Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I think is fantastic, but I'm pretty sure she came from like an industry family. And so did Billie Eilish. Like that's not to discount talent. Cause you need, if you don't have talent, you're probably not going to ever do anything, but it is well, a, little, sure. it's a little bit easier to get started. Well, yeah, I mean, it, as much as we like to think of the world as in terms of like purely bootstraps, we all know that's not how it actually works. And that's not necessarily a bad thing either. I mean, who you know um, and how much they like you uh, is very much a big part of how the world works. But. Yeah, I think I think being likable goes a long way. I think I've always been told that one of the reasons Brad Paisley, who started as a songwriter, was able to have a solo career is because he was such a nice guy. And they're like, yeah, we should just like give give Brad a shot to be out front, and sure. it worked out very well for everyone who was involved in that position. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Oh, wasn't it, it was sure. like John Bon Jovi was like the janitor or whatever at the studio? Is that what that story was? Or am I thinking of someone else? Uh, Queen just happened to be friends with people who started a studio and they needed somebody to come in and like test the equipment and stuff. So Queen was called in and that's the reason that's like how they got their first record recorded. I think Bon Jovi janitor. Yes, he was a janitor. I got something right. Let's see. But where was he a janitor? This is Trivia Friday. Trivia Friday? Today is not Friday. Yeah, he was a janitor at his cousin Tony Bongiovi studio, the power station. You're right. Why do you know that? Um, (laughs) Do you really, are you a big Bon Giovanni fan? uh, I mean, I like Bon Jovi. Um, Slippery When Wet is actually one of my favorite records from the last century then i used to work on the dock it's just an excellent record front to back i'm sorry there's no getting around that new jersey's got like a few decent songs on the front end and the rest of it's trash um as far as i'm concerned um but like a solid album album and a half from bon jovi is excellent um he's married to his high school sweetheart they got married secretly in 89 in Las Vegas at the Graceland Wedding Chapel. Huh. Well, that's wholesome. It is really sweet. I love to see it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I want to say I learned that I was watching that metal show. Was it? The one that was hosted by Eddie Trunk. And that was one of the stuff oh, the Trunk questions. Oh, my God. 
That's something I like used the, to watch. The old MTV show? Yeah, I used to watch are it you, with my Are you young? Are you old enough to have watched that? Uh I watched it with my dad and I'm not sure I should have, but Okay. <laughs> um yeah, that's something I like probably middle school started watching it with my dad every once in a while. That metal show. Oh, that was on VH1 Classic 08 to 15. I was thinking of the MTV show um Headbangers Ball. I got mm. just for listeners, I was confusing it with Headbangers Ball and I'm sorry. You're How definitely old enough for that you. metal show. Um Yeah, yeah. Uh I want to say that's where I learned that, but I could be wrong. Uh, my dad used to throw on VH1 just Oh, I love VH1. Didn't really put on MTV because I'm not young enough to have been around for the uh, days when it was actually music based. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your that you missed that. I know it's a tough loss. I, I grew up in the world of Vivo um, music oh. videos. <laughs> wow, I remember when Vivo launched, which makes me feel old as nineties. Definitely. Uh, yeah, but I like the idea of humble beginnings. I mean, there's, there's a couple of brands in the industry that were not founded in a garage and definitely get a little bit of industry side eye behind the curtain from folks mm-hmm. like the, uh-huh. Yeah. You just got a lot of money to start this pedal company. Not to, not going to name names, but it, I think the, the companies that started out of a garage, I have a lot of respect for and the companies yeah. that, um, to, yeah, I, I think that's really neat. I, that's something I'm totally, I can definitely get behind. I mean, there are some pedal companies that are very bootstraps, and there's some that had major investors starting out. Yep. And we're not going to make um, a claim on which is better. Not uh, on the air today. I tend to uh, favor the. Not. I tend to favor one. the the ones that were started with uh, blood sweat and tears a whole lot of passion <laughs> me too but and if that happened to be with investors cool but i'm less likely to believe with lot, that much money involved that that's the case i'm not yeah. saying it can't be i just I, I have questions that i will never get answers to yeah all right well on that note i think it's a good place to wrap it up uh rick just got home with some food and i would like to go eat it mm, food yeah, yes. in between episodes, I just like sat in the camera and ate a couple slices of pizza. Yeah, I'm hungry. I gotta go. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks if for you're... understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. And my name is right, Andrew. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>